Blog Talk Radio. I always wait for that Blog Talk Radio to come on to our off-the-shelf listeners because I used to get started and <laughs> in my show, and then all of a sudden I hear Blog Talk Radio. So I said, let me let me always wait so I don't get interrupted. To our to our guests, is is this not a beautiful Saturday to our listeners? This is just a gorgeous, gorgeous Saturday. I'm looking out of my office window. It, this view is heavenly. It's just uh, so sunny and it's just beautiful in the trees outside. I want to welcome all of you to Off the Shelf. And as I was telling my guests, this is our 10th year. And after this year, we're headed into 11 years, believe it or not. And some of you have been with us every step of the way. Some of you have been with us when we were over at Blake Radio. And I, and I love Blake Radio, especially the jazz, which was started by Neil Neil Blake. Uh, I, I love that, that that station as well. But some of you start have been with us since then and come over to Blog Talk Radio with Off the Shelf. And I'd, I'd always like to think it's because of the guests, like the guests we have today that we bring. And I always try to ask questions so that the guests will share things that will provide practical tips you can take in your own personal life as a book author, book publisher, editor, small business owner or somebody employed at another job, just something you can use that enriches and benefits your life as well as learning about what they do. But I always like to start by welcoming you. The day is May the 17th. This time next weekend, we'll all be headed for those who who celebrated uh, Memorial Day weekend um, here in the United States, and hopefully a lot of you will get a long weekend. But I want to thank each of you for joining us here this morning. As I always tell you, I wish you could feel how excited and happy I am to just connect with you. It is just such a joy, an absolute joy, to be here with you on Saturday mornings. Uh, to our listeners who might have just come across off the shelf, whether you're dialing in or you're, you're in the chat room or whether you are connecting via the Internet. There's so many different ways to connect to off the shelf. I want to introduce myself. I'm your host, Denise Turney, and as I always say, I'm coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. And I do encourage you to pick up a copy of Love Pour Over Me, and that is my New, new or latest novel, and I like to tell people what they get when they get a book. You're going to get mystery, so if you like mystery, you're like, okay, that's a book for me. Romance, and there is high chasings, there are high chasings that will keep you on the edge of your seat if you like that. But most of all, it's the friendship, the relationships in the story between these four guys who meet in college and a, a relationship a man has with a woman and a father and son relationship. You get to watch these people evolve as they go through different events in the story. If you value relationships, I'm telling you, you're really going to enjoy Love Pour Over Me. And you can get it online or offline. It's an ebook and print at any retailer Amazon, Barnes and Noble, ebook at iTunes, Walmart, you name it. If you don't see it on the shelf, all you have to do is ask the clerk for it. Tell them you want to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney, and they can get you a copy because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. So I encourage you to go get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. You want to read free excerpts, you can go to my website, com or Amazon.com and, and read free excerpts. And now... Let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. Now, our special guest today, and this is something that I'm really, really so appreciative of, are the guests we've had on off-the-shelf. We've had some guests who've gone on to national and international levels, so not just in books, but some in politics, some in in journal television journalism. They've gone on to do. You probably see them on TV, some of them, and don't even know that they, they were a guest on Off the Shelf Radio. So I'm really, really honored with the guests we've had on. Now our special guest today is Kara Campbell. Kara is a native of the Bahamas. And today she makes her home in Baltimore, Maryland, not too far from Philadelphia. She has a Bachelor's of Fine Arts degree, and she has authored the books Island Girl and Not My Will But His. We want to talk about both of her books today. And she is a wife and mother. Her latest book is Not My Will 
But his, and it was recently released. This is our second guest and just a few shows who recently released the book within just a matter of weeks or months. Not My Will, but his by Kara Campbell was released in March of this year. And so we say a hearty, hearty welcome. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Kara. Hi, thank you. Really appreciate it. We're really, really honored to have you here with us, and I'd like to give our off-the-shelf listeners backstory on our guests so they can get to know you a little bit better before we just jump in and start talking about your book. So I know I have a, I have a friend, a former uh, colleague when I worked at uh, Merrill Lynch who lives in the Bahamas part of the year, and part of the year she's in New Jersey. I wanted to, to ask you, so many people, when they visit a place, you know, you like you visit New York City or Miami, you just see the good parts of it. And you really right. don't even <laughs> see the, the the meat of the place. Uh, and the, the, the tourism, make sure you just see this one side of it. What was it like for you, Kara, growing up in Nassau, Bahamas? Uh, for me, growing up, uh, it was, I really enjoyed my childhood in the Bahamas, and I, I've been here in Maryland for many years, but I still have moments where I get homesick mm-hmm. because I, I love the slow pace of the island life. I love knowing, you know, you kind of know what day it is without looking on the calendar. How uh, so? you, you, but Because uh, more so the time, because a lot of the schools come out at 3, so, you know, oh. around 3 o'clock, the traffic is going to be kind of thick. Okay. And then also 5 o'clock, that's when a lot of the businesses are closed. So, again, that's when the traffic is kind of thick. So you kind of know what is going on just based on the time. And then on Sundays is a day where most businesses are closed. So Sunday okay. is a day that um, a lot of business, not so much, some, a lot are kind of adopting staying open on Sundays for a few hours, but for the most part, a lot of businesses are closed on Sunday. So you kind of know, oh, this is Sunday, you ah. know, because of that. So uh, I, I really enjoy my childhood in the Bahamas, and that's something I, every time I go home, I love taking my kids with me so they could ex- experience that part of um, of my childhood, of my upbringing, just picking fruits off the trees, picking mangoes, you mm. know, picking... Um, coconut it's just carefree type of of lifestyle that i um really enjoyed growing up in the bahamas so that sounds so interesting when you say that it sounds simpler and it used to be that way when i was a kid here in the united states there were not that there weren't that many businesses that were open on sundays and if they were they closed early like maybe noon or two Mm o'clock but um that certainly has changed you know nothing really stays the same you got to make sure which direction you're headed in but that is interesting that you would say that that simpler life how old were you when you when your family moved to the united states and um, what was my family go ahead ahead. well my family didn't move my my all of my family is still in the bahamas i moved my husband is a is american so i moved Got married, and so that's why I am here. So everybody oh, okay. is still, so, yes. So I was born and raised in the Bahamas. That's my home. That's a good thing it's not too raised. far away from the, right, from yeah. the U.S. <laughs> what was, what yes. was that transition like for you coming here? What was it that like? Was, I mean, oh, it was definitely a culture shock for me. Um, it's, it's the winter in the Bahamas. We don't experience winter. You know, it's it's dry season and wet season in the Bahamas. So here, getting used to the cold was very, very hard for me. I remember my first winter, I took a blanket with me every time I went outside. So that can just explain the the, the shock of the cold. So even now I have my moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just want to be home all winter and go (laughs) I want to be to the point where I can just pack up during the winter, go to the Bahamas, and then come back during the spring. <laughs> but um, I've gotten used to it now. Not, I mean, I can't say that I'm fully used to it. I don't like the, the winter as much, even after all these years. Also, um, driving on the interstate, that was a kind yeah. of a culture shock for me because in the Bahamas, you know, the, the, the speed limit, the highest at the time, I think was maybe forty. Wow! 
or you know, so coming here on the interstate. Oh my 55, goodness! Fifty-five, sixty. I'm like, oh my gosh, these cars are just zooming past me. Yes. Yeah. So, and who um, the speed limit? Everybody goes exactly. faster than the speed limit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but I'm sure my husband would tell you I have I have caught up now. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not an issue anymore. Uh, but when oh. I came, it, it it certainly was. And then in the Bahamas too, we drive on the left hand side. On on the right hand side, so um, it it, it was definitely. You know, I love when we have guests on from different parts of the of the world, and although the Bahamas is not that far from the United States, but I, it, to hear people talk about, we had a, a I think her name was Jen Chen Shu. She founded a dance company in the Maryland D.C. area, and. It, just to hear them talk about their childhood where they grew up and how life is so different someplace else, I always find it fascinating. And I think that's a good thing to learn how other cultures and appreciate yeah. how people from other areas, what what they do, their their their, their cultural traditions and like right. different foods they eat. I just think it's fascinating. It makes your life more well-rounded. That said, Kara, what did you dream of becoming when you were a child? I always had a desire to write. I, I always remember that. I wasn't sure which direction the writing was going to go. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a journalist or a novelist. Um, so the, the 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 desire to write was always there from when I was little. Of course, you know, during the path of growing up and being a young adult, I kind I kind of stared away from that a little bit. I went in different areas that, that were popular at the time, like computer information systems I was something I when I went to college for the first time I studied computers when in my heart I really wanted to study writing but for some reason computers at the time was a big thing I said hey let me go and do this so I kind of you know stared away from it for a while but it had writing was always something that I wanted to do and Mm -hmm. I think for me I just had self-doubt that even though I had that that desire and I felt in my heart that that was something God had placed in my heart to do, I, I doubted myself a lot. Um, so that's why it took so long for me to finally you know, uh, write my children's book. That was the first book I self-published that in 2011. And then this year with the novel, that came about. But writing writing was always something that I wanted to do. I, I'm just sometimes I get upset with myself that I didn't do it sooner. But, you know, everything is for a reason. I thank God that I was able to finally do it. So, Who who inspired you? Who or what inspired you to start writing? Who who inspired your passion for writing, even going way back to your childhood? And who got you going to where they said, Kara, get that book out there? Well, in my childhood, really, I don't have a particular person other than that was just something that was always in my heart to do. I always enjoyed reading. And when I even when I watched cartoons growing up, I would always think of how would I rewrite that wall? How would I change the ending to that cartoon series of the Flintstone or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um so and then I would write my own little stories and on rainy days when we couldn't go outside to play, which was like torture to me at that time when I was a kid. We couldn't go outside to play during the rain. That was when I would sit down and I would just, you know, come up with different stories in my head or I'd write it down on a piece of paper. So I can't really say that there was a person in particular that inspired me to write. It was just something that was deep-rooted in my heart to do that was God-given, I have to say. Um, And then just pushing me to to do the writing now i've a lot of times i told a lot of my friends oh i want to write oh i enjoy writing and i will write some poetry i write short stories and people will read it and they'll say hey girl you need to do something with this mm-hmm. and again like i said earlier i had so much self-doubt i didn't feel like i was good enough or people would really enjoy it and when i heard friends tell me that they liked the writings that i did the poetry the short stories i was like you know they say they like it but maybe they're just saying that because i'm their friend yeah. or family <laughs> member you know i'm still in mm-hmm. my mind i'm like uh i don't really know but it was that i still had that that 
desires like I couldn't shake it even though I tried to to put it on a back burner writing was always coming back to the forefront so I was like, okay, God, I, I, I have to, I have to do this. This is something that I want to do. I cannot just shake it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote. I went back to school to get my my bachelor's degree in writing, and I just started writing. And I sent it out to publishers. I've got a lot of rejections, but and again, I had my moments of doubt and wanting to give up. But from encouraging from other people and just you know, knowing that this is something that I know that God has put in my heart to do, that I have to go out and pursue it. So, you know, after all the rejections, something finally came about, and I'm just so thankful that I stuck through it and I didn't give up. There you go. There you go. Can you tell us about your first book? And just giving our off-the-shelf listeners backstory on you, the title of your book makes perfect sense. To me, just 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 when our off the shelf listeners here, but can you tell us about your first book, Island Girls? What what is the book about, and who who's the audience that the story is written for? Yes, Island Girl actually came from when I was when I did decide to go back to get my degree in writing. That was one of the assignments for one of my creative writing classes. The professor said, "Write a short story," and I was like, "Oh man, oh, what am I going to write about?" So I sat down, and that's when the story came for Island Girl. I actually have four other books that I haven't published yet as a continuance of Island Girl, but Island Girl was the first one, is the first one. Um, the, the, the title of self is self-explanatory. <laughs> island Girl is about a, a young girl on the island of the Bahamas and just the adventures that she has with her friends, picking mangoes off the mango tree, you know, going to the beach, and just, you know, being child-free and just having fun on, on the island, pretty much. Just just the, the experience of the island life from a little girl's perspective. Uh, it how is geared is, towards... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, the character, in the, how old is the character in the book? Yeah, what's her, can you tell us what is her name? Does, does she have uh, family? What's her family like? What's her name? And how old is she? Yes, Tina... Tina, she's the main character. She she's eight years old, and she has a friend, uh, uh, Billy. He lives next door. So in the book, she 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 goes over to Billy's house. She it's summertime. She wants to play with her friend Billy, and you know he says, "Oh, I can't play today. I have to go to summer school." So she she goes home stumping and upset, uh, and she tells him, "Oh, I can't. You know, Billy can't play with me." He has to go to summer school, and her mom was like, why don't you go play with the other girls? But Tina, she feels that the other girls don't want to play with her because they like to play girly stuff, like playing with their dolls, and she Mm -hmm. likes to, you know, run around and play marbles, and she's kind of a tomboy. She likes to climb Mm -hmm. the trees and do all the other stuff that she thought the little girl, other girls didn't like. So, you know, in the story, you will see how she deals with, trying to be accepted by the other girls because she kind of feels like she has no other choice since her best friend Billy has to go to summer school <laughs> and she doesn't want to be stuck in a house because her mother would probably have her wash some clothes or hang some clothes up on the, on the line. So she's like, hey, I either stay home and have to do a bunch of chores or I need to go over to the other girls and see if they want to play with me. Ah, so you see <laughs> how, how she deals with that. Okay. Who have readers told you, because we know you're talking about the other girls and Billy and Tina and the different characters and her her parents, her mom, and and the story. Who have readers told you are their favorite characters in the book? And what is it about these characters that readers find so appealing? I think with, with Tina, she has to, I think that was something a lot of people, um, she was the character of a lot of kids, but I've read it to a lot of kids. I read it to my kids also when I first just to get their feedback of how they're going to like the story because it's geared towards kids, of course. But uh, Tina stuck out the most because she had to, again, she had to overcome affairs of the other girls rejecting her um, because, again, they like playing with their dolls and all of that stuff, and she preferred uh, climbing trees and running around. 
So she had to to build up her courage and go to, go to them and try to be friends with them, and just how she overcomes that. Because I think as growing up, that's some of the things. That's something that a lot of kids have to deal with. I think sometimes just feeling upset, uh, accepted by other people that are different mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. And for her, you know, it was, you know, all these four groups of girls, five group of girls, they're sitting down playing, and then here she is, the oddball, walking up towards them to try to find out if they're going to accept her into their group. So she had to overcome that fear of rejection. And even if they did reject her, how was she going to deal with that? And, you know, so um, it's definitely something for little kids to know Not the name-calling is not right because one of the mm-hmm. girls will call her a name because, again, they see her as different from from they are. Mm-hmm. And so name-calling is not right and just being accepting of other people that are different from you. Will that's there one be of a the things. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just saying that's one of the things that... that um, readers will find out in the book but if you're going to ask that there's a sequel yes i do have uh four other books that i've Mm -hmm. written i have not published those yet but again it will be a continuance of tina and her friends but in the other ones it'll be one where she's learning how to fish with her dad she's going out and uh, the the book is is the books are fictional but it's kind of based on things that i've experienced when I was a little girl ah, growing up okay. in the Bahamas. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it is fictional. So one, there's one where she learns, she goes fishing with her um, with her dad. And she, after she's done fishing and cleaning the fish, she's, she's floating in the water. And then there's a stingray that, that swims underneath her. Because I remember when, mm. <laughs> when I was younger, I was on the beach with my grandmother and I was floating. And she said, Cara, don't move. And I got panicked, so I jumped up out of the water and started running to the to the shore. Uh-huh. And come to front, when I turned around, there was a stingray right there that was swimming underneath me while I was floating on my back. So, oh my goodness! So it, it it's just something that um. I'm sorry, my daughter is in here. That's okay. That's yeah, so it's just, um, it's all fictional, but it's just the experience of, of island life from a little girl's perspective. Okay. And I think it's good that you're having the sequels, and I'm sure you, your daughter, you can you can uh, take things from your daughter or your kids and then e- even add them to the sequels in the story so that other, other little kids, that get, keeps you from having to do the research that you have kids with kids of your own, you can take their experiences and put them in the sequels as well. What was the transition like for you writing a children's book to an adult's book? Was it difficult? What were some of the challenges that you faced writing for children, then going on to write for adults? Well, I think it's kind of in the reverse because I, like I mentioned before, I I wrote a lot of poetry and I did um, write a lot of short stories, and those were geared towards adults. So the assignment that I had while I was in college getting my bachelor's degree to write that, the children's story, that was a challenge for me. That's where the challenge was because I had never written for (laughs) a children's book. So that's why when I sat down and I wrote it, the thought of just reminiscing on my childhood from a little, from I was a little girl, that kind of helped me to to gear the writing towards little children because I wrote it from a little girl's perspective. When I was thinking about me when I was a little girl and the experiences that I had growing up on the okay. island, so that helped me to write geared towards little children. So writing the children's book was kind of a challenge for me because I wrote for adults prior and then having to write it for little kids created the, the the challenge. But like I said, I just thought about, you know, let me just think about when I was a little girl, and that certainly helped just bringing up those old memories of growing up. Now, can you give our off-the-shelf listeners a, a brief overview of your latest novel, Not My Will But His? Yes. Um, well, the title actually is not my will. 
Okay. Um, yes, um, but his is not added on to it, but that's fine. It's not my will. And not my will, that is also fictional. It is uh, about a young lady. She's newly saved. She, uh, uh, her and her boyfriend, they have been dating for two years. They met in the club. They they had sex the first night they met. Now, two years later into their relationship, she's trying to put all the pieces of her life together. She she, And in that process, she gives her life to Christ. So now she wants to devote her life to, to doing the right thing in the eyes of God. And that's where the idea of saying, you know, I want to, wait to have sex until I'm married. So she, she struggles with, okay, how do I tell him? How is he going to react? And if, in fact, this is something that she wants to do. So Wouldn't that's where my... the whole... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's these... where the I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. That's where the whole... I want you to finish your statement. Okay, yeah, so that, that, that's where the whole dynamic of, you know, the struggle of w- what, what to do and how everything will fall into place, how, how she will approach him with it, how he will react to it, and how, in fact, will she be able herself to just go through with the whole thing if that's something that she truly wants to do. Is, it, is this a work of fiction or nonfiction, or is it based on real-life events? And then I want to ask you another question. It is fictional. Um, it is based on my experience years ago before I get I got married, but it mm-hmm. is fictional. So okay. none of the things are something that that I have experienced personally or somebody else in my life have experienced personally. It's, it, it is fictional, but it is the the the, the decision to want to abstain in a relationship that you're already in and having sex with the person that you're with. That stems from my experience years ago before I got married. What makes Virtue, the the, the, the woman in the story, what makes her change her mind? They go out, they meet at a club, they have sex the first night they meet. What happened to make her say, you know what, I don't I want to change my life? Without giving the whole story away, what happened to I don't want to give the whole story away, but is there something that happened to make her Decide to make that shift? Well, yes. So the the reason that they met is because of uh, a terrible bro- breakup that she had with the, a boyfriend. So he cheated on her, and then she she meets her Ty, who she's now in a relationship with. She she met him at the club, and her her and her friend there they're at the club, you know, having party and having fun, trying to get over virtue getting over her breakup so ty is kind of a rebound and because she she automatically got in a relationship with with ty she never really got over the breakup and the hurt of the prior relationship so she just quickly went into another thing and that's where she she's trying to figure out okay you know, I might just go in into these relationships to be fulfilled by men. You know, she's just trying to figure out what is going on in her life. And with all these decisions that she's having, that's where she gives her life to Christ. And in doing so, she wants to, you know, I want to be faithful in my relationship to God, so I want to put a hold on this sexual relationship and and go about it when we're married or if she, whether it's the, the tie or to somebody else, she just wants to wait until marriage to to continue with the sexual relationship. Now, is virtue and Ty's relationship is it purely sexual? I hear some people you, they think they've got more, but if you cut off the sex, then the relationship completely ends. So you find out that's really all there was. Is it purely sexual? And if so, uh, is that what virtue wants? Even if it's just at the start of the relationship. Or is she like so many people do in relationships? They try to give the other person what they think they want because they just don't want to be alone. They don't want to right. feel rejected. And, they don't. Yeah, and you, you, your questions are very valid, and that's that's something that and that was a part of virtue seeking God to try to figure out what what is going on with her life because. And that's why she wanted to also, with her wanting to, to put a hold on their sexual relationship, she wanted to find out if there was more to the relationship than just sex. Because, again, 
they, the first night they met, they had sex. They right. went right into it. They didn't, you know, so it wasn't really, she was trying to figure out, okay, is there more to, to what we have going on than the fact that we have such a great sexual relationship and you were able to help me forget the pain of the previous guy that I was in a relationship with? So that's where the whole struggle that she has come in. Ah, now can you give us a closer look at Virtue? What's her relationship like with her parents? Does she have any siblings? And can you tell us about her personality? Is she quiet? Is she outgoing? What are some of the things she she enjoys and likes about in life? Okay, yes, Virtue. She is a only child of her parents. Both of her parents are retired, and they they retired in Florida, so they're they're miles away from her. So, but she she has a best friend, Erica. That is that is a total opposite of her. Virtu- uh, Erica, you know, she's into the partying, she's into the drugs, and Virtue, on the other hand, she she she's trying to, you know, again give her life to Christ, stay on that faithful path of of living a godly life, and she. She doesn't like the club. She doesn't like the partying and all that stuff. So the fact that she she met Ty in the club was only by going with Erica because Erica said, hey, girl, come on. This will get you over, you know, what you're dealing with. So Mm -hmm. she hesitantly went to try to to get over the relationship. So even when she met Ty, it wasn't – it was out of her character. Uh, It wasn't something that she normally did. That wasn't her thing. So again, just the fact that how they met, they they had sex and the first night they met, it was just something so out of her character because she was again getting over being uh, cheated on by her boyfriend prior to meeting Ty. Now, how old is Virtue at the start of Not My Will? And can you tell us about one or two challenges she faces that other women her age? It's, it's a common struggle for them to deal with. Yes. At the start of, of, of Not My Will, Virtue is in her mid-20s. Tw- she's 26. Okay. So, yeah, she's 26. And, um, again, her and Ty, they, they dated for two years. So, again, she she met him. She had a one-night stand, and she met him. He's a rebound guy you know, getting over a boyfriend. And I think sometimes, I can't say a lot of women, but some women never really get over the person that they they break up with or who yeah. hurt them in a relationship. I've seen that. I've seen that happen. <laughs> yes, you just go yeah. right into another relationship without resolving the last one. And so you bring a lot of the hurt, the rejection or whatever from the pr- the previous relationship into the new relationship. Mm-hmm. And, again, that's where virtue, again, has her mental struggle of, okay, what is this relationship all about? Mm-hmm. And that's where she was trying to just figure it all out. And, like, and that's when she she sought God and she gave her life to Christ because she was like, I, I just need to figure this all out because I left one guy. I thought I was in love with him. I thought we were going to get married. Mm-hmm. He cheated on me. And then I went right into another relationship. Now I'm not even sure if this guy that I'm in a relationship with in loves me or is it just for the sex? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that, that, that you, that those are challenges you know certainly you you hear uh that are common for not just women but similar also for men does, does this person yes. are they after my money or do or mm-hmm. do they want me because i i have a good job and they want to they want the financial security or do right. they really love me or is it the car is it the house is it do they really love me or do they love right. my lifestyle and my career now how long are virtue and tie together before terrence enters the picture um, again, all of this is, is they're, they've dated for two years, and Terrence is somebody she meets 
um, at church. So he's he's a guy at church. He's the head of the children of the singles ministry. So she is he is someone that she meets, and again, you will see how she's kind of gravitating towards another man. So <laughs> again, she is like, okay, God. I really need to figure these things out because I'm not really putting an end. I'm not resolving the first relationship or I'm just moving on to something else without getting healing or getting clarity out of the situation. Mm-hmm. What, can you tell us about Ty? We've we've talked a little bit about virtue. She's really not the type of woman to be going clubbing and to have a one-night stand. Can, what 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 type of guy is Ty? And did you did you say I don't remember? Is virtue outgoing? Is she like somebody? And I don't mean like going to clubs. I mean like is she somebody who just can start a conversation with anybody, or is she more reserved and someone would have to start talking to her first before she speak up? What what's what is her personality like a little more? And then also telling our off the shelf listeners about Ty. Yes, virtue. She she is. She is success-driven. Uh, she is because she's working very hard to build up her, her clientele as an agent, as a talent agent. So she's very um, smart and success-driven. She, she is not, she's not really, I wouldn't say that she's a shy person, but she is not the one in front of the scene all the time. She's okay. kind of the one that would cheer you on, but she will hold her own in a conversation type of okay. person. Mm-hmm. And Ty, he is he is kind of a street guy. He is not he's not a thug. He's not you know the 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 drug dealer or the gangster type of person. But he he is successful in his own right. He has his own businesses. He owns some bar shops and clothing store so he's very successful in that but he is not the the blue um the tie and suit type of guy okay Okay. but he is successful in his own um businesses as a owning barbershops and clothing and so their person if they had if they had not met in the club i think they would have perhaps connected in some type of way. She probably would have looked at him a different a little differently because her the relationship she was in, the guy she was in a relationship with before, he was a lawyer. So oh. he's a suit and tie type of person. Okay. So Ty in some ways probably would not have been somebody she probably would have been attracted to right off the bat had they not met in a club when she was just totally out of her character. Okay. okay. Type of, you know, sort of situation. But he sounds like a well-grounded guy. He's got his businesses. He re- sounds responsible. He just sounds more like, a, I don't know, a jeans, T-shirt type of guy. Or he's laid, more laid back. He doesn't yes, sound like he he's is. a guy who does illegal things. He doesn't, the way no. you're describing him to me. He sounds like a cool guy, like a good guy. He just, like you said, not an attorney. He's not that boardroom type of guy. Right, exactly. Yes. So he now, yes, he is definitely successful in his own businesses. So he has his own businesses. He makes his money legally. He's not into any illegal activities. So and he also has his degree in business. So he does everything legitimately. Yeah, he sounds like a cool dude. Now Terrence mm-hmm. Terrence, so we she was the guy she broke up with who sent her into the club with her friend Erica was a, 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 he was an attorney and then Ty he owns barbershops and other types of businesses and is all legal enterprises. Tell us about Terrence after he answers the picture she meets him at church. What's he like? What what does he do for a living? What's Terrence like? And how do Terrence and Virtue complement and differ from each other? Yes. Terrence, he is a, a broker, so he he definitely is a suit and tie person. Um, he has his own house, huge house, very successful. He is single. He's looking for Mrs. Wright. So um, he's into the church. He's in he's in the ministry at the church. He's head of the singles ministry. So. 
for parents and virtue, I think one of the things that that kind of attracts uh, virtue to Terrence is the fact that he, he is in the church. He's a man of God. And okay. that's something that she kind of wants for Ty, because now she is in the church and she is devoting her life to Christ. And she she wants that same thing in a mate. So she sees that in Terrence. So that's how they kind of drawn to each other. Okay. So, yeah. And as far as how they differ, of course, um, Terrence, he is a virgin. And virtue is not, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's definitely something that they they differ in. And okay. Terrence is also, he, he is, his relationship with God his his growth and his relationship with God is a lot stronger than Virtue's relationship with her Christ because she's still a babe in Christ. She's still growing. She's still, you know, getting in the Word, um, believing and trusting God to to be head of her life. So Terrence is that godly friend that she doesn't have in Erica. Okay. Because okay. Erica is is her opposite. Erica is girl. I'm not into God. I'm not into to you being holy are thou. Erica mocks virtues, Christianity. She mocks her faith. Okay. Whereas Terrence, you know, he compliments her faith. He encourages her in her faith. And that's something that, you know, draws her to him. How old is Terrence? Terrence, he is 30. He's oh, okay. in his... Yes, he he is about he's in his early thirties. I think I have him at thirty one or so. Okay, I, yeah. I want to come back and ask Kara more questions. I just want to let our off the shelf listeners know that we are speaking with our special guest today, who is Kara Campbell. She's a native of the Bahamas, and today she she lives in uh, Maryland. She is the author of the books Island Girl, which is a children's stories, and she said there will be sequels to the book. We talked about that earlier on Off the Shelf. If you missed the first part of today's show, you can always come back and listen to the entire show after it finishes streaming. And we're talking about now her her first release adult novel, which came out in March of this year, and is titled Not My Will. And we were talking about Terrence, who is a, a young man who recently entered the major character's life, Virtue, who's a woman in her mid-20s, about 26. Terrence is in his early 30s, about 31. And then Ty, who uh, Virtue was currently in a relationship with for two years. Without giving the story away, Carol, what's the major decision that Virtue has to make in the book? She's now got, she, she just, well, she came out of a breakup two years ago when she met Ty, and now there's Ty, and now Terrence has entered the picture Without giving the whole book away, can you tell us about one major decision or just 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 something alluding to it that she has to make before the story closes um definitely it's it's whether she wants to really stay true to her faith if she really wants to be faithful to god and 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 allowing him to um to help her just you know, she wants to abstain from having sex. She she wants to wait until she's married for for that reason, but also to just not fall back into any relationship, whether it's with Ty or Terrence or any other person, not to fall back in any other relationship without truly getting to know the person. And so... She, she. The real struggle is just trying to, okay, God, I need you to help me. I need you to, to help me stay true to my faith and hold on and abstain from from having sex and that marriage. And it's nothing. It's not easy for her. She, she definitely struggles in the decision, and that's something that you will see throughout the whole story. Um, you, she's imperfect, like we all are. We all struggle. Every day is is another day for us to surrender our will to God, and that's something you would definitely see with with virtue. That imperfect characters just trying to live life in 
uh, truly, fully in the eyes of God. So, um, Jazz, okay, does she want to stay in this relationship with, with Ty, whether he agrees to to abstain or not? Is this something that she wants to do? Does she really love him? Mm-hmm. Is it just for the sex? You know, is there a future for us? So mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of different decisions that she will have to make in the relationship in regards to her faith with God. Now, what what have readers been saying? What have you been hearing from readers? Now, the book just came out in March, so it hasn't been out a long time, but I'm sure you've been getting some reader feedback. What have they been saying about Not My Will? Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. It, it's just such a blessing. I've had so many readers, either they've emailed me or messaged me on, on social media telling me I can so relate to Virtue. I had one reader in particular told me, you can take out Virtue's name and add my name. <laughs> because that is just me all the way, just I mean, from beginning to end, that is me. And I've had a lot of people say say that, like, I can so relate to virtue that this story is just so realistic, and it really depicts the struggles that a lot of Christian singles deal with. Mm-hmm. And because, again, like I said earlier, it is fictional, but it's based on the struggle I had years mm-hmm. ago before I got married. I wished I had a book like this when I was going through that struggle because mm-hmm. it was a really hard struggle for me. I mean, it was just, at that time, I was like, oh, my Lord, this is so hard for me. Because, again, <laughs> you know, I was in a relationship with this guy. We were having sex. And, you know, sex is great. God created mm-hmm. sex. You know, and to to want to now put a hold on that, it, right. it was very hard. But I wanted to do it for my faith. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy. Right. And that's what people related to. They were like, this is just so realistic of what a lot of people deal with. Mm-hmm. And they, a lot of people really appreciate the realness of the characters, the faults of the characters, because I showed that the characters are weak. They're, they are not perfect. Right. And you would definitely see that in, in virtue. She is not perfect. You know, mm-hmm. she's trying, but every day... She has to, okay, God, I messed up, but you, you got to help me today. Right. So, If there's a, if there's a mm-hmm. single message you want readers to take away from reading Not My Will, what would, you, what would that dominant single message be? Would it be to, for example, don't give up? Would it be, you know, really check out your relationships? What would be the single most? dominant relationship you'd want readers to gain from reading Not My Will? Definitely, I would say stay stay true to your faith. Stay true to your gut of what you feel deep in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it will work out. Whatever God has placed on your heart to do, try, I, I am a witness. I can tell you it can be hard sometimes. Even though it's coming from God and you know it's from God, you're like, oh, Lord, this is too hard for me to do. <laughs> it's a struggle, but... <laughs> Stay true to your faith because, I mean, if you feel in your heart this is something God wants you to do, trust me, there's something greater at the end of that struggle. Wow. It definitely is because I've been married now for, my husband and I celebrated 12 years of marriage. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. you. Yes, okay. so 12 years of marriage. And like I told you, that was my struggle years ago before I got married. And I mm-hmm. felt like I felt all alone. It was so hard for me. I had to break up with the person that I was in a relationship with because he was just not understanding of, of my faith. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it all worked out okay. for me in the end. And it will work out for everybody else if you just stay true to your faith and make those hard decisions that you're okay. going to have to make because it's not always going to be easy. What did it feel like when Not My Will was first released in March? What was that What was that feeling like? Oh, my gosh. I was excited and nervous all wrapped up into one. I was, like, I was excited to finally, finally have my novel out there. I'm like, oh, gosh, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I've wanted this for so long. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I've envisioned it. Yeah. I've prayed about it. And it was finally out. Then I was nervous, like, oh, my gosh, what are people going to think? 
Are you going to like it? Am I mm-hmm. going to get all these zero and one star reviews? So no. it was, it was, <laughs> you know, it was nerve wracking because I'm like, I'm, I'm so excited, but I'm scared of what people are going to say, how they're going to react. And again, I know that every book is not for everybody. I know mm-hmm. that. So I know my novel, Not My Will, is not going to be for everybody. I get that, but I pray for the ones that it's for, that that they, they really enjoyed it, and that they, they get a good message out of it. And so far, it's been great. It, oh, it has been great. So, so I am very thankful for that. That is very good to hear. What major lessons, Kara, did you did you learn while writing Island Girls, your first novel, a children's novel, that you continue to use today? What is the when lesson I've learned from? Um, just what I've learned from as far as writing is to just just to write and continue with my passion. Because even now, like I've I've mentioned that I was excited about my novel being released. I still get nervous about the other ones that are come afterwards. Like mm. I, I just finished writing my other novel. I haven't sent it to the publisher or anything yet because I still have some things I need to finish, you know, go through and edit and all that. But you know, I'm be, I'm nervous about that, and that's not even release or in production or anything like that. But it's it's just the lesson I've learned is to just continue on with my passion. Okay. Do it because you love it. You know, do it because you love it. And it, writing is definitely something that I love. From I was a little girl, I've I stared away from it for a little while, but I, I'm back on track. And I mm-hmm. I pray to God that I continue to stay on track <laughs> and just continue writing. As we come down to the end of today's show with only about eight minutes left, I'd like to share tips with our listeners, as I was saying at the beginning, that they can use whether they're a writer or they're doing something else. And I think the tip you just gave is for anyone, you know, stay with your passion, even through the, through the hard times, and ask those challenging questions and seek guidance so you can make the best decision, even if it's not always easy. I want to talk very, very, because we do only just have a, a very few minutes left. I know writing and publishing a book is is the first step. The selling the book is really, and marketing is where the work comes in. Can you share yeah. four to five marketing tips uh, very br- quickly that you found that work for you? Um, for me, one thing I I had to learn right off bat was I have to to open up myself a little bit more to my readers because I, I, I want you want to market yourself. You don't want to just market your book. You want readers to know who you are as a person and not just who you are as, for instance, she's Kara, uh, the author of Not My Will. I want readers to know me, for me, because I'm going to have other books mm-hmm. follow behind Not My Will, so I don't just want Not My Will to be, you know, the one that is the thing that is marketed. I want Cara to be marketed because I have other works I want to put out there and I want people to know who I am. So okay. for, for me, I am the behind-the-scenes type of person. I, mm-hmm. I, I will praise other people, but it, I found it very difficult to do that for myself. So that's something that I, I had to realize what my weakness is. And that's, that's actually a blog post that I wrote a couple of days ago about okay. knowing your weaknesses. You, you should know your, what your weaknesses are because that can help you. So I figured out what my weakness was. So I, I know what it is, and I worked on it, and I'm still working on it to just open up myself a little bit more, let people know tidbits about who I am, not put all my business out there. You don't want to do that. Right. But, you know, know, let people know who I am as Cara Campbell, not just the author. So you do blogging, you do radio interviews. What are some other things that you found to be helpful to introduce you and your books to readers? Yes, um, social media is is great. It is. Um, I wasn't on Twitter prior to... to, to release my book, I'm I'm on Twitter. I have almost 600 followers. Okay. I'm on I'm on Instagram. So that has helped. Just being on Instagram and Twitter, along with Facebook, has helped tremendously. 
mm-hmm. I think, with um, marketing because people, they, they want to see what you're doing. And that's something that I've learned, and that's something that my publisher told me. She's like, you know, people want to see what you're doing. And they don't always want to just be plugged in, book, 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 not my will, not my will, not my will. Because trust, as me as a person, I would get annoyed if that's all I'm seeing all the time, somebody just pushing their, you know, their, right. their product out there. You, you, you get annoyed. So you have to think of when you market, you have to envision yourself as the person that you're marketing to. You, you right. Kinda, you, yeah, you need to put yourself in their shoes. Do you want to see this all the time? No. You want to just have a variety of, of avenues of just putting your, your product and yourself out there. So I, I do blog. I love writing. So, yes, blogging just fits in there perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram, just posting my book signings. You know, people want to see what's going on. So I will okay. post my book signings. I've gotten feedback from that. Hey, you know, I read your book or, oh, I want to buy this. I want to buy your book. Where can I get it? I've okay. gotten messages from people just from posting, you know, I'm at a book signing. Okay. So, um, yeah, and just guest blogging, find a blogger that's similar to to uh, maybe a topic in your book or a message in your book. Connect with a blogger, do a guest blogging spot. That's That's been helpful to me. The radio interviews, like right now, has been, been <laughs> helpful, but... You know, I'm still marketing. I still have a lot more to do. So yeah, it's ongoing. It, 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 it yeah. never ends, and that's a good thing about when you, if you, if you have a very supportive publisher, or you put the book out yourself. You can, you can always sell it forever and ever and ever, as long as the right. book's available. And you, so you can always, even as you come out with new books, you still keep marketing your older books. So, so for our listeners who are looking for ways to market. Kara shared for her blogging, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. She's also shared that she does book signings, radio interviews, guest blogging. So these are things that you could try yourself for our listeners, whether you're a book writer or launching a different business that might work for you. Practical steps that don't even take a lot of money to, to start up, you know, and if you want to get on radio, you just contact a a, a a DJ at a radio, a host, or a producer, and give them the benefits uh, that the, your interview will give their listeners. Right. Uh, so, if you were on a show that talks about housing, you want to really focus, have a book that focuses on housing or a product, and then you just tell them how this will help enrich their listeners' lives, which they'll appreciate from the radio station, and then you could increase your chances of getting booked. That's it. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get copies of Island Girls and Not My Will, Kara. Yes, um, definitely Amazon.com. You go on Amazon, you will find both copies of Island Girl and Not My Will. Not My Will is also available on Nook. Island Girl is also. So you can get okay. Island Girl and Not My Will on Nook as well. Not My Will is also on Google Play, on iTunes. So, yeah, there are multiple different avenues. You can also get it on my publisher's website, DelphinePublications.com. And you can check out my, my website, Cara Campbell. And Cara is spelled K-H-A-R-A, CaraCampbell.blogspot.com. And you can get more information about where to purchase the book there. And, so, yes, please. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, also I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Cara Campbell. So it's easy to find me. So the website is Cara, K-H-A-R-A, Campbell, like the soup, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L dot blog, blog, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. Cara Campbell dot blogspot.com so you can learn more about her and her book signings and upcoming events that she's having and she's on social media instagram facebook and twitter you can also uh, keep up with her and what she's doing there we want to thank kara campbell author of island girl and not my will for being here with us today and i in doing my research she's gotten wonderful reviews on not my will at amazon so you can please go support her again kara campbell dot blogspot dot com and check out her, more about her books you can even go to amazon and look up kara campbell not my will and learn more or island girl and know more about her books island girl is a children's book and not my will is an, an adult book that's getting very good reviews 
Again, thank you to Kara and to each of our listeners. Thank you for being with here with us this Saturday. Please tell your friends, your family, book lovers, everybody to listen, tune in to Off the Shelf Saturday mornings, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time if you live outside of the United States. So grateful to have you here with us. Looking forward to the holiday week coming up next week. Hope you all have a fabulous weekend. As I always tell you, you are so incredible. You are fabulous. You are awesome. Go out and create a wonderful day for yourself. See you next Saturday, 11 o'clock. Carol, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. All right. Bye-bye.